Well, welcome to Thrive Church. We are so excited to have you here with us today. My name is Judah Thomas. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive. And whether you are with us at one of our locations, New Britain, Torrington, Terryville, or online, we welcome you. And uh, we are in a series right now called Another, Another. And the series is based off of the verse where, where Jesus is talking to his closest followers and he says that he will send another helper to be with his followers, to be with us, another helper, someone who will help us, who will come alongside. The word there, helper, means literally someone who is, will, is called to come alongside you and to help you. And I don't know about you, but I could use all the help I can get. In this life, I could use a little bit more help. And so, so the Holy Spirit comes alongside to help us. And, and as we're talking about the Holy Spirit, as we're talking about God, there's many that, that have some difficulty understanding this concept, e- even the concept of God in general. Why? Because, because we, we can't see God, right? We can't see God and, and we can't see the Holy Spirit. And, and I've heard some people say before, I'm not going to believe something until I can see it with my own eyes. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And yet, yet we believe in things that we can't see all the time, don't we? Like, like we, we believe in air, right? Like, does everybody here believe in air? Okay, like most of you believe that there's air in this room. How, how do we know? Because there's evidence that I can inhale and I can exhale, and I can breathe, and I can live. If we took all the air out of this room, we would no longer be able to live and breathe. We, we believe in the wind, but, but we can't see the wind. All we can do is, is we see the evidence of the wind in the trees and in the leaves and in the windmills. Like we can see it, we can feel the evidence Or how about germs? We've all become acutely aware of germs in the last couple of years. And you can't see germs with with the naked eye, but we know that they're there because there's an evidence, isn't there? Like if you get sick, you get get something, and, and we know, oh, there was some contact. There was something that I couldn't see or a smell, right? There's good smells and there's bad smells, but there's an evidence of that. Even though we cannot see it, there's an evidence which demonstrates that it is actually present there. And, and, and this is an evidence. There's an evidence of the Holy Spirit. How do we know if the Holy Spirit is in us and working through us? How do we know? This is a, a topic of, of great debate for, for a lot of people. How do we know that the, that the Holy Spirit is working in us? Some say if you can do things that are supernatural, maybe then the Holy Spirit is in you. Uh, things like, like prophecy, being able to give a, a, a word from God to someone. Or, or maybe it's being able to operate in, in a variety of, of gifts of the Holy Spirit, then we can, can maybe know if there's that evidence in our life. Some people think that, that if the Holy Spirit is in you, you can do miracles perhaps, or, or when you lay your hands on someone who's sick, they will be immediately healed. These are all great things. One thing that there's probably more controversy about than anything else is speaking in tongues. And some of you have had good experience with that, and some of you have had bad experience with that, and some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. But, but there, there's a group of people 
that, that say, well, if you have the Holy Spirit in you, then you need to be able to speak in this unknown language. And, and that's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but you know what? I don't think any of those really come close to demonstrating the true evidence of if the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. See, these are an evidence, but they're not the evidence. See, there is, there is an evidence in your life if the Holy Spirit is working there. It, it, it's kind of like identifying trees. Is anyone here good at identifying trees? Okay, like, okay, three or four people. Okay, I'm not that good at identifying trees, right? Like, I'm not that good, especially this time of year, because this time of year, like, there's no leaves, there's no fruit, there's no nothing. All you got is the bark, and, and you look at it like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, I can tell an evergreen, and I can tell if it's not an evergreen, you know, but it's, it's hard for me to tell what kind of tree it is at this time of year. But, but come later on in the year, I can tell a difference when it's harvest time. See, I can tell a difference when the tree has fruit on it. See, then I become an expert on trees. Then I can go and I can tell you what's an apple tree. I can tell the difference between an apple tree and a pear tree and a pear tree from an orange tree and an orange tree from a coconut tree and a coconut tree from a mango tree. I can tell the difference between all of those trees at that point because I can see the fruit. And when I can see the fruit, then I can know. It says in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, Jesus is speaking here. Jesus says, a good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. If you've ever tried to, to grow fruit, you know this is true, right? This is just in the physical world. A good tree will not produce bad fruit, and a bad tree won't produce good fruit. But, but the same is, is true in our lives. He goes on, verse 44 says, a tree is identified by its fruit. We know this came from, from an apple tree, right? A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. Now, all of these things, when it's not time for harvest, they all look very similar. They're, they're viney plants. That, that we look at them and say, I don't know which is which. But once the fruit is there, once the fruit is evident, then it becomes apparent what is what. It says, figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person, verse 45, a good person person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. Underline this whole, whole verse here. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Think about the conversations that you've had this week. Even today, think about the conversations you've had and if you examine those conversations, the words that came out of your mouth, does that come from a good heart or does it come from a bad heart? Does it come from a heart that is full of the Holy Spirit or does it come from a heart that is, that is selfish and envious and, and greed and full of pride and arrogance? See, in, in your notes, what is in your heart determines the fruit that you bear. Like what's in your heart determines the kind of fruit that you bear. Just as, just as fruit tells what kind of tree it belongs to, the fruit of your life reveals who you belong to. Do you belong to the Holy Spirit? Or are you in control? Are you trying to be in control at least? See, see the fruit of your life, it demonstrates who you belong to. What, what fruit are you producing in your life? Like what fruit are you producing? The actions, the things that are coming about in your life, is it good fruit? Like what things are, are evident 
in your life. See, so you know what fruit is? Fruit is what is produced, isn't it? It's what a tree produces. And here's the interesting thing about fruit is fruit is always visible. There is no such thing as invisible fruit. Yet some of us, we go around and claim, oh, I've got God working in my life. I just don't like to show it anywhere. Like nobody can see it. It's, it's invisible fruit. Like, no, no, no. If we have fruit, then it becomes visible to those who are, are around us. Fruit is always visible. There's no such thing as invisible fruit. In fact, if you're in a relationship with Jesus and the fruit is not visible in your life, then I would challenge you and say you probably don't have very much of a relationship. Because if he's not transformed you to the point where you are beginning to produce good fruit in your life, then maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're not as close to God as you thought that you were. So what fruit are you producing? See, fruit always bears the image of the tree that it comes from. It always bears the image. So what are you known for in your life? Are you known for things like love and generosity? Like, if people describe you at work, at school, at home, oh, that person, they're just a, a loving and generous person. Or, or is it more like they're full of anger and pride? It, it, they, the only person they ever want to talk about is themselves. They always want to show how, how much better they are than everyone else. What, what are you known for? What fruit? See, these are the fruit that we are known for. Is it, is it love and generosity, anger and pride? See, there is a fruit war going on inside of us. There's a war. This is like a food fight, right? It's like there's fruit flying all around. And is it good and is it bad? In your notes, there is a war between what the Holy Spirit wants and between what I want, what we want. See, there's a war there because, see, I want a certain thing. See, I have my, my sinful nature. These are the things that I default to, that I gravitate to. And those things are at war with what God wants to do in my life. We'll look here at what the Apostle Paul, he's talking about in Galatians. He wrote this letter to the, to the church in Galatia, and here's what he says in chapter 5, verse 16. He says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's, that's like the whole idea of this series. Another is that we want the Holy Spirit to guide our lives. He says, so, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Like, that's a little disturbing because, because my sinful nature craves things, and that means I want to do them. But here he's saying that when the Holy Spirit guides my life, I will not want to do those things any longer. goes on, verse 17, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the Spirit wants. Like, if we were honest, we would know this is true, right? Like, if I, if I went to my own natural desires, my own natural desires generally lead me away from God rather than closer to God. See, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what our sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. Like you see in the cartoons, right, with a, the with a devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, other shoulder. That's not exactly how it works. See, the, the battle is between the Holy Spirit and me. Right? It's my desires, my sinful nature desires, and the Holy Spirit saying, well, this is a better way. This is how you're going to get closer to Jesus. This is how you can live a victorious Christian life. And I'm saying, but, but I want to do this. My desires are leading me over here. See, these two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. See, there's this epic battle going on inside of you. This epic battle, this battle of good versus evil. This battle of spirit versus the flesh. 
which one is winning in your life? Which, which one is winning? Is the Holy Spirit winning or is your own flesh, your own desires, is that's what's winning? For many of us, you know what many of us have done? We fought the battle and many of us, we just stopped fighting. Like, that's it, I'm done. I'm not going to fight this anymore. I'm just going to kind of go along with whatever. Like, I'm just not going to feel bad about it anymore. I'm just going to give in. I'm just going to, I'm going to settle. I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. If it feels good, do it. And yeah, I'll show up to church, you know, once a week and, 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 I'll, and I'll put a Christian bumper sticker on my car or something like that. But, but at the end of the day, it's my way. It's my will. It's my desires that are going to win out. See, we're trying to walk this walk with God, and, and many of us, we thought it was going to be easy. If you're new to the faith, maybe you think it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy following God. Oh, it's going to be easy. And, and for many of us, we're trying to do this in our own strength. We see what it says in Scripture. You say, oh, okay, well, that, that's the list of everything I've got to do. And then we try to do this, and we end up getting frustrated, and we don't make the progress that we need, and it's because we're trying to do it in our own strength rather than relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. See, in your notes, you can't fight your evil desires on your own. Like, you can't do it. Your, your willpower is not good enough to fight the evil desires on our own. So Paul, as he's writing here, he points out two different ways of living. There's two different ways of living and the consequences of each way of living. The first option is to live according to your flesh, to live according to your sinful nature. This is, this is my nature. This is what I want to do. If I could do anything, these are the desires that I have. The second option is living a spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life, where now I take second place to following the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. Look what he says here in verse 19 of chapter 5, Galatians. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. So this is when you're following your own desires. Listen, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, that's heavy. Now, let's just be real for a minute. Does anybody here relate to any of those in there? Okay, like half of you. Okay, the rest of you, you you're just like on a whole other spiritual level right now. Like, I relate to like a lot of these. Like, I'm not going to ask you which one you relate to, okay? I'm just saying, do you relate to any of these? If you're reading that like, yeah, oh, yeah, mm, yeah, I, I, I do that, you know. And, and, and we look at these things. We look at this list here, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I mean, that's a mouthful. And I'm like, man, I, I identify with a lot of these. I identify with them. And, and some of you here are like, well, I don't agree with that list. Like, I don't agree with that. Take it up with the Apostle Paul. Take it up, more importantly, take it up with the Holy Spirit because he's the one that inspired him to put those words down. Take it up with him if you got an issue with the list. Like, like I'm not trying to, to step on any toes here, but if God's word steps on your toes, then so be it. Can, can we relate to these things? So what do we do? So what do we do when we see a verse like this? You know, you know what some people want to do? I'm just going to cut that out of my Bible. Like, like, I don't need to see that one ever again, you know? I don't need that one. I'll, I'll just... I'll just skip over that verse i'll just throw it away do we cut it out or do we examine our own 
heart and motives and say, is there something in me that needs to change? Is there something in my life that needs to be, be different? Are we displaying these fruit that we just read? Are we displaying, like, like honestly, like we, most of us are probably displaying some of these fruit, at least at some point in our life. But in, in your notes, ungodly fruit demonstrates that we're living a flesh-led life rather than a spirit-led one. See, when, when we're demonstrating these, like, that's just saying, hey, I, I won that match. Like the Holy Spirit lost, I won. I did what I wanted to do, not what he wanted me to do. So who is leading your life, really? Like, who is really leading your life? What fruit do you really have in your life? What, what fruit do you have? See, see, the things that we just read, like, that's just natural fruit, right? That's just fruit that we just naturally have from living our life and following our own desires. But God wants to, wants to graft us into his branch, into his tree, so that we can produce good fruit. See, God wants to bring us in so that we can produce different fruit, not bad fruit, but good fruit. And, and it goes on here in uh, verse 22. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is the kind of fruit the Holy Spirit produces. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's no law against these things. See, this is, this is what we call the, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, love, that we are showing love to one another, that we're showing love even to people that are not like us, to love even to, to our enemies, the person who is most unlike us in this world, we're showing love, that we have joy. We know the joy of the Lord is our strength. We have peace, the peace that, that passes all understanding that the Holy Spirit brings into our life, even in difficult times, we can have his peace. Patience, this is patience, that, that I, I can wait on God. I'm not in a hurry for him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Kindness, that we're exhibiting kindness to those people that are around us. Goodness, that we're being good, kind, and generous. Faithfulness, that we're being faithful to God and those people that he's put in our lives. Gentleness, that we're not just like a bull in a china shop, but that we're being gentle and self-control, meaning that, that I can control the desires and the, and the lusts and the pleasures in my own life. See, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Now, now, one thing that's interesting about this is it says the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. Like, sometimes we think of, of the fruit of the Spirit kind of like this. Like, oh, like, like, here's love, and here's joy, and, you know, here's patience, and here's kindness. Like, we think of it like that, but really, it's descriptive of one fruit. Well, you're going to have one of these, right? You're going to have love, joy. Like, you might be like, well, you know what? I got love, but I sure don't got any patience, you know? Or, or, or you know what, I, I just, self-control, I just do whatever I want to do. But you know what, I'm kind to people. Like, like that, that's enough, isn't it? No. See, this is descriptive of one fruit, the fruit from the same tree. See, we don't have the liberty to pick and choose which of these we display in our life. We don't just go through and say, oh, you know what, okay, I'm going to do, the, I'm gonna do the, the, the love, joy, peace, patience. No, not that one. Um, Kindness, only when I feel like it. Goodness and faithfulness occasionally. Gentleness, no way. Self-control, absolutely not. Like, we don't get to pick and choose like that. All of these characteristics must be evident in the life of a believer. But here's the cool thing. It's not up to you to, to bring about the fruit, right? Like, 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 the tree doesn't necessarily work to bring about the fruit. It has to be connected to the source of nutrients. And that's what this is all about. See, this is evidence of a spirit-led life. We need these in our life. We need these fruits to, to, to get through each and every day. Man, I need this fruit to get through the amusement park, you know. 
Um, we took our family to Universal Studios not too long ago, and, uh, and I, every one of these fruit was tested in me at some point in time along the, the, the journey. You know, I, I was going on a ride, and I get ready to go on the ride, and, and I don't know, I'd never been on a ride like this before, and they're like, okay, so you go on the ride, and you go through a metal detector in the ride, and so I go through the metal detector, and, and I, or I didn't go through, yeah, I see there's a metal detector, so I'm wait, going through the line, and they say, oh, you know, empty out your pockets, empty out all this stuff, and whatever, and I get through, the, and I realize I've got stuff still in my pockets, so I'm like, oh, I got to get rid of this, how do I get rid of this, so I go back, and I try to get a locker, and I couldn't do it for some reason, like, get back in line, and then I'm like, oh, no, they really mean this, like, they're, they're making people, like, dump out all their stuff, like, wallets, watches, everything, like, get, getting rid of everything, I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do, and, and by the time I'm, I'm getting out, like, I'm mad, I'm just, like, mad at this ride, I'm like, you're making me go back and forth in this line over and over again, I'm going to miss it, and then after that, then there's all the crowds and all the lines. And then you get on these, these rides, you know, and they're very creative how they make these lines, right? If you've been to, like, Universal or Disney, you know, it's not like the lines that we see where it's just, like, you know, back and forth, and you can kind of see the end of the line. This is just a room with about 30 people in it. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know what's next. And you go around the corner, and there's another room with 30 people. And you just keep going, like, from room to room. And I'm like, when is this going to end? And I'm like, you know, an hour and a half later, I'm like, I just want to get on the ride and get off. I had to wait two hours to ride a 90-second ride. Get me out of here. And so, yeah, I, I had some issues. Pray for me, please. Um, see, I, I need these fruits of the Spirit. I need the fruit of the Spirit evidence in my life. Some patience, maybe. Some love, some joy. My buddy said, are, are you okay? I'm like, no, I just need to, to get away from people for just a minute. There's just too many people around everywhere. See, I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to fill my life with this fruit. And see, we fight against it. We fight against these things. We fight against the work that he wants to do in our life. See, as we get to know the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit, then there will be a natural byproduct, and that's fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And as you develop your relationship with God, as you develop this through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, He begins to, to make this fruit become apparent in your life. In your notes, the Holy Spirit will bring a noticeable change in your attitude and your behavior. There will be a noticeable change. This is not something that you can just fabricate. Not something you just fake until you make it. Like, like the Holy Spirit will begin this noticeable change in your life. And, and if one of these areas are missing, we can assume that it's probably because we're resisting the Holy Spirit in that area of our life. You know, we're, we're resisting God. It's like, oh, I'm just not patient. Well, maybe it's because you're resisting the work that he wants to do in your life. Because, see, he wants all of these things to be evident. As I describe the, this apple here, right, like, like there, there's a lot of things that, that I was describing as evident. But have you ever got a fruit and it, and it doesn't, like, check all the boxes? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you get a fruit and it's, 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 it's juicy, but it's not sweet. You know, or you get the, the apples, like, it's not crisp. It's just, like, mush on the inside, right? And it's like, like it's kind of there, but it's not quite. See, that's what happens in our own life. If we're not displaying all of these truths, like something's not quite right. Maybe we're resisting the Holy Spirit in that area. See, for, for a tree, bearing fruit is not optional. Like, that's how you know a healthy tree. Like, it's, it's not optional. It's the primary purpose of a tree is to bear that fruit. Same as in our life. The primary purpose in our life is to produce fruit. These fruit that, that the Holy Spirit is demonstrating and developing inside of us. See, the fruit is the evidence of the tree. 
And the tree's true identity is revealed when it produces fruit. Your true identity is revealed as well when your life produces fruit. When you go through a difficulty, what are you gravitating towards? Anger, outbursts of anger and hatred and pride? Or are we gravitating towards the fruit that the Holy Spirit is working in our life? In your notes, our identity is revealed by the fruit that we produce. This is the fruit of the Spirit. That's where my identity is revealed, by these fruit. Is this displayed in my life? See, this is not an optional extra thing for the life of a believer. Like, oh yeah, that's nice. Those nine things, those, those are nice. I'll consider it. Maybe one day I'll get to them. No, see, this is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in us and that he's working in us to make us more like Christ each and every day. Just as if you looked at an apple tree and it wasn't uh, bearing apples, you'd say something's wrong with that tree. If we look at our own life and we say we're, we're not bearing this fruit here, then something is wrong. And then maybe what we need to do is we need to dig, dig deeper into the reason why that might not be growing the way it should. Continuing on in verse uh, 24, Galatians 5. It says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified him there. Like, we don't like verses like this, right? Like, we like verses like, be happy and God loves you. Like, we, we like stuff like that. But here he's saying that if we belong to Jesus, we take our own desires and passions, our own sinful nature, and we nail that to the cross and it's crucified there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in some of our life. No, in every part of our life. Underline that. In every part of our life, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. See, we, our desire as followers of Jesus should be to follow the Spirit's leading in every area. This is the work that He wants to do in us. See, in the Holy Spirit's power when the Holy Spirit fills your life, you're living a, a Spirit-filled life. It, it's, it's more than just to enable you to do supernatural things. So often people, they, they, they pursue thoughts and ideas of the Holy Spirit because they want to be able to do supernatural things. They want to be able to prophesy, speak in tongues, lay hands on the sick, and they get healed. They want to do all that. The, the fruit doesn't matter so much as long as I can do these uh, you know, amazing things. But see, He empowers us for the journey from doing what my flesh pleases to what God pleases, what pleases God. See, that, that's the primary work of the Holy Spirit, to, to develop this fruit in my life. See, in your notes, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a Christ-like life. That is his purpose, to make you and me into the image of Jesus Christ, so that we can live a life that is like Jesus. So how do we produce this fruit? Well, number one, we don't. The Holy Spirit produces it. But how do we cultivate it? How do we live a fruitful and Spirit-filled life? We're going to take a look this final verse, John 15, verse 5. Jesus is speaking here. He says, yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. All right, that's true. Like, apart from Jesus, we can't do anything. All we do is our own sinful nature, our own sinful desires. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, remain connected to me, remain taking the nutrients from me, then you'll produce much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, but if you remain in me, and underline this, and my words remain in you. What is his words? It's scripture. It's God's word. God's word that we hide in our hearts so that we don't sin against him. He says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it'll be granted. 
See, there's a temptation for us to think that we can do this all on our own. That I got what it takes. I can do this on my own. Just because you're occasionally nice to someone doesn't mean that you have the fruit of the Spirit flowing and, uh, and healthy in your life. Just because occasionally you were patient doesn't mean that His fruit is apparent in your life. It doesn't mean that you're producing the fruit that He wants you to. See, the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Spirit in the lives of those who are following Jesus as the first and foremost. This is not by human effort. But it doesn't mean that we're passive in the process either. See, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that produces it in us, but we have to remain in the vine. We have to have His words remaining in us. See, the fruit of the Spirit doesn't come from our effort, but it comes from surrendering our lives to the Holy Spirit by abiding in the vine. See, we get the nutrients through his word. I have hidden your word in my heart so I don't sin against him. We get nutrients. We stay in the vine by prayer, which is communication with an all-powerful God. We, we get nutrients from serving one another in love by listening for his voice, by fasting, by living a generous life. This is how we remain in him. And as we remain in him, then he begins to produce this fruit in us. See, a spirit-led life is a life that is fully relying on the Holy Spirit. That we're fully relying on God. Not passive living, but it's abiding. It's remaining. It's staying connected. Saying, I'm not going to let anything in this world distract me or disconnect me from my main purpose, which is bearing this fruit in my life. See, the Holy Spirit is producing in you the life of Christ. He's making you more and more like Jesus. He's doing this, and because you are free in Christ, you can become like Christ. That is the work of the Spirit in you, but it starts with surrender. It starts with giving up, crucifying my own nature, my own desire, saying, I'm going to hang that on the cross. I'm going to hang it there and I'm going to watch it die because I want the Holy Spirit to live in me. I want it to change my life from my will to His will. I want to change it from my agenda to His agenda. I want to change it from my plans to God's plans, from my attitudes to His attitudes, and all to Jesus. I will surrender. I will surrender it all. I'm not going to hold anything back. I want him to lead my life. I want him to guide my life and him to produce the fruit in me that only he can produce. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your goodness. We ask you to do the work in us that only you can do. And we want this fruit. This fruit of love and joy and peace patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Produce that fruit in us now. We surrender our lives over to you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, just call on him. God's word says anyone who calls on his name will be saved. Won't you call on him now? Say, Jesus, you're my Lord. I surrender my life to you. I've tried it my own way. I'm done with that. I'm going to follow you. Father, for each of us here, help us to live a spirit-filled life, a spirit-led life, inviting you 
to move in us and inviting you to shape us, inviting you to bring transformation in us, to produce this fruit in us so that when the world sees us, they say, wow, there's something different. There's something different. They got fruit, but it's not the fruit like everybody else has. This is not the fruit of impurity. This is not the fruit of lust. This is not the fruit of all of these other things. This is the fruit of the Spirit. Develop that fruit in us, Lord, and we surrender our lives to you now. We say, come have your way in us. We give you our lives. We give you our hearts. We give you our future. We give you our agenda. We give you our education. We give you our relationships. We give you our careers. We give it all to you and say, have your way in us. Let us live the life that you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together and sing.